0: This is Rabbi Gavriel Horan. Welcome to the DNA of Creation. This week we are going to take a look at a famous story from the Torah in this week's Parsha and try to come out with a very profound understanding of the Jewish concept of angels and the devil or otherwise known as the satan, satan, as well as an idea of the concept of evil and why we need evil in this world. <clears throat> so this week's Torah portion is called V'Yishlach, which comes from the first word of the Parsha. The word Shliach means a messenger. And Yaakov sent, V'ishlach Yaakov, Malachim, And the word malachim literally means messengers, but it also means angels. And there's a debate amongst the commentaries about whether or not Yaakov sent real angels or just messengers. So I want to discuss what an angel is. And it really comes from that word. We're going to try to avoid using the word angel, although I often accidentally use it. But the word angel is an English word that brings to mind a Christian concept of a winged being dressed in a white robe and that is not what an angel, what a malach is. From now on we're going to try to use the word malach which literally means a spiritual messenger. A malach is a force, a a divine force which brings down spiritual energy into this world. That's what a malach is. And we're going to try to understand what the idea of a messenger is, because ultimately the goal in Judaism is to become a shliach of Hashem, a messenger of God. And we all are sent into this world with our own shlichus. We all have our own mission to accomplish in this world. And I want to try to come out with an insight in how to determine what your mission is. What your unique mission is and that's a theme that we talk about quite frequently and we're going to be doing a podcast series on work-life balance and finding your purpose where well, we'll discuss that more in depth in the upcoming weeks so in this week's Parsha there's a famous story the story is that Yaakov Jacob is returning home to Eretz Israel he's returning home to the land of Israel after having spent 22 years in Haran in northern in Syria outside the land of Israel with his uncle Lavan, where he married Rachel and Leah and their two maidservants and uh, gave birth to the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel. So on his way back to Israel, he is afraid of encountering his brother Lavan, uh, Esav, who is waiting to kill him, and Yach prepares to encounter his brother in several ways, and as his family is preparing for this inevitable encounter, Yaakov separates from everyone, and he has he is he's attacked by a mysterious being, and the Torah explains to us that this being is the Malach, the angel, the guardian angel of Asaph his brother, and this Malach wrestles with him, and. I'll read you a little bit about that confrontation. It says that the Malach grabbed him and could not defeat him, but hit him in the leg and dislocated his hip. And then the Malach said, Let me go because dawn has broken. And the Talmud explains, the malach says, it is my time to go sing praises to God. Every malach has a certain time that they're supposed to sing praises. And my time, for the first time ever, has just happened now at this dawn. And we have to understand what that means, that each malach has to sing praises to God. And why did this one happen right now? And then Yaakov says to the malach, tell me your name. And once, and and the Moloch does not. The Moloch says, "What do you want to know my ma- name for?" The Moloch says to Yaakov, previously, "What's your name?" And Yaakov says, "Yaakov." And the Moloch says, "No, your name is not Yaakov. Your name is Yisroel." The word Yaakov denotes trickery, crookedness, and the name Yisroel. will We'll talk about a few interpretation of the word Yisroel, but the simple interpretation here from this verse is that Sarisa means to fight, to struggle, because you fought with God. The word El Mikel means God. You fought with God and you overcame. And your name will now be Yisroel. So the question that I've had, and some of, a lot of these ideas that I'll share with you come from a... Uh, a teaching from Rav Moshe Wolfson, uh, one of uh, a big inspiration for me, who is one of the great uh, teachers of Hasidic thought in in alive today. He's he should live and be well. He's quite old, but he continues to come up with incredibly novel ideas on the the Torah portion on a regular basis. So the questions that bother me on this discussion is why did the angels, the Malach of suddenly have to sing to God that moment. And why does the Malach ask Yaakov his name and then tell him he's getting a new name? And why doesn't the Malach respond to Yaakov and tell him what his name is? So we have to start with a foundation about names. What's in a name, as Shakespeare said? So according to Kabbalah, the Arizal explains that parents, when they name their children, have a certain degree of prophecy. What's called Ruach HaKodesh, divine inspiration in naming their child, that the name, especially the Hebrew name, denotes the person's mission in life. A name corresponds to your mission. And our job is to figure out our mission. So sometimes our name, if we understand the meaning of our name, especially a Hebrew name, which every word in Hebrew has so much incredible depth and meaning, then we can begin to understand our purpose. So, I'll share with you a quick story. In our own life, two of our children's names were straight and open prophecy. The first one I think I shared with you a few weeks ago, our first son um, before we knew it was a boy, before he was born, a name came to me and when I finally told my wife the name that I was sure had to be the right name it turned out it was her grandfather's name. Aaron Yitzchak. Our third son uh, we wanted to name after my wife's great grandfather Yisrael but then he happened to be Dad. born on a very significant day in the Jewish calendar on Zion other which is the birthday of Moshe Moshe's birthday and his yurt at the day of his passing so I thought maybe it's not fair it's not right to not name after Moshe Dad. so maybe I should name Yisrael Moshe um, but I wasn't sure what to do and I asked my rebbe the Bostoner rebbe and he said, if I were you, I would give the name Yisrael and don't add another name to it. Because if you add a name, it's not going to really be named after your wife's great-grandfather, Yisrael, or after the Baal Shem Tov, who we also had, wanted to have in mind, the founder of the Hasidic movement, whose name was also Yisrael. So he said, I would give the name just Yisrael, but it's your prophecy, you have to decide. So I really was unsure. Up until the moment of the naming, I was unsure. And right before the bris, which is when we give the name, the moment, split second before the bris, I said to the mohel, to the circumciser, I said, what should I have in mind at the moment of the circumcision? And he said to me the following response. He said, you should have in mind b'shem kol yisrael. You should have in mind that the bris, that the mitzvah should be for the sake of all the Jewish people. There's a kabbalistic contention before doing mitzvahs that you should have in mind certain intentions, certain spiritual intentions, and one of them is always that the mitzvah should be for the sake of the entire Jewish people because we don't all have the ability to do every mitzvah. But according to Kabbalah, the entire Jewish people is really united as one body, one soul, so that when I do a mitzvah, it's really a mitzvah for you. And when you do a mitzvah, it's really a mitzvah for me, and we have to have each other in mind so that together we can keep the entire Torah. So he said, have in mind for the sake of the entire Jewish people. Bashem call Yisrael. But the word Bashem, which means for the sake, literally means for the name. For the name of what? For the name of Yisrael. So I had my prophetic moment, and we named him Yisrael, and not Yisrael Moshe. So, so now, the, the Torah tells us a few things we have to know about angels. Malachim. Number one is a Malach has only one mission. A Malach has one mission in this world. They come down to perform one spiritual task and their name denotes their task, as we explained. So if you understand the name of a Malach, you understand their mission. If the Malach's mission changes, his name changes. And the Torah tells us that when Yaakov asked the Malach, what's your name? The Malach says, our names are constantly changing because our missions are constantly changing. But nonetheless, we know that certain malachim have fixed names because they have fixed missions that, that they're constantly, whenever it does that particular mission, it's that, that's its name. We know there's a malach Gavril that I'm named after. That's the, that's the malach of strength. There's the malach Michal, which is the malach of compassion. That's the archangel of the Jewish people. There's the malach Rafal, who's the malach of healing. So, the we come into this world to do a particular mission. I once heard a good line: how do you know if you have yet, if you haven't complete if you've completed your purpose in life? How do you know if you've fulfilled your mission in life? Here's a test. If you're alive, you haven't. Every moment of life in this world is because we have a mission to fulfill. When we finish our purpose, then we no longer need to be in this world. The Shla, famous Kabbalist from Israel from many years, hundreds of years ago, says that it's a very interesting custom, that after praying the Shemona Esrei, the standing silent prayer that we say three times a day, says at the very end you should say a verse from the Torah that starts with the first letter of your name and ends with the last letter of your name. And if you look in a Siddur, in a prayer book, there in the back there is usually a list of verses that correspond to all the different Hebrew names why do we have to, why does he recommend this strange custom he says because when we pass away and go up to the next world the very first question they're going to ask us is what's your name and he says oftentimes when the soul leaves the body we forget what our name was so if we say this verse every single day three times a day it helps us to remember what our name is the customs very strange but based on what we're discussing the real meaning of this custom is figure out what your mission is in this world meditate on your mission the verse in the Torah is just a perhaps a reference to your mission but focus on your mission because the first question they will ask you when you get to the world, next world is what was your name in this world did you fulfill your mission so who was this Malach wrestling with Yaakov? the Talmud tells us, reveals us, this, this was the archangel of Esav, and Asov represents the archenemy of the Jewish people, the father of the Western world, the father of Rome, Europe, Western civilization. And he represents the antithesis of Yaakov. So what was this Malach's name? the tor- secrets of the Torah revealed to us that the name of this Malach was none other than the Satan himself. Otherwise known as the Yetzer Hara, the force of evil, the evil inclination within each of us, and the Malach Hamavis, the angel of death. Furthermore, Jewish teachings teach us that this Malik actually has a name. We know his name. His name is, in Hebrew, Samech Mem Aleph Lamed. Pronounced as Samil. Otherwise known as the Samech Mem. That is the name of the angel of death. The the name of the Satan. What does his name reveal to us? It's interesting to note. So the Samech Mem... The, comes from really the word most, all angels all malachim end with the word the the word el kel which means God and samich mem refers to blindness the word in Hebrew suma suma kel he is the angel whose job is to blind us from kel from seeing God his job is to blind us from spiritual insight but there's something even deeper so I want to talk about the job of the satan. What does the Sutton mean? And in understanding this, we'll see probably one of the biggest differences between Judaism and Christianity. In Christianity, according to my understanding, there is a battle between darkness and light, a battle between God and the devil, between good and evil. From a Jewish perspective, that is absolutely pure idolatry. Because we believe in monotheism. That means all there is, is God. There's no battle between God and something else. There's no battle between good and evil. Everything is under the dominion of one God, one authority. One universal harmony. So, to say that the devil is somehow a force opposed to God is absolutely heresy, according to Judaism. So what's the purpose of the satan? So the word satan in Hebrew comes the verb Lahastin," which means to impede, to challenge. His job is to challenge us, to challenge us for what good? What's his goal? Who's he working for? So the Zohar, the book of Kabbalah, gives an incredible insight into who the satan is and what his purpose is. Says the Zohar, there was once a king who wanted to test his son to find out if he was worthy of becoming the next king. So he hired a prostitute, a woman of ill repute, and he hired her to go test his son, to see if his son would fall victim to her temptations. So who's, what's her job? Her job is to seduce the prince. But who's she working for? She's working for none other than the king. So what does she really want? She really wants the prince to overcome her and not succumb to her temptations that is what the satan's job is to tempt us with our yates horror our inner inclination to do the wrong thing to live a life of identification with the body over the soul to choose immediate selfish pleasure as opposed to long term greater good that's his job but what does he really want? he really wants us to overcome him because through that we grow. Through that we achieve our ultimate purpose. When we beat him, that's when he wins. The Yetahar gives us resistance, impedes us, so we build our muscles. If you go to the gym, if there's no resistance, there's no growth. He also is associated with the Malach the angel of death, because death, as they say, is the ultimate motivator. Knowing that our time here is limited pushes us to overcome and to accomplish our purpose. We have a limited amount of time in this world and we have to figure out our purpose in life. So Yaakov defeats this Malach. He defeats the Satan for the first time in history. And the Malach says... Let me go because my time has come to sing praises to God. Because for the first time in my existence, someone has defeated me. And I now have completed my mission. I get to go up and sing praise to God. I can't tell you my name because my name has just changed. My mission has just been accomplished. It's time to go up and get a new name. And on that same token, Yaakov now says, The angel says to Yaakov, what's your name? And Yaakov says, Yaakov says the angel, no. You have just completed your mission in life. And now it's time for a new name and a new mission. Yaakov, which denotes crookedness or trickery, is no longer your purpose. Yaakov had to go into the realm of the crooked in order to learn to deal with, like we spoke about a few weeks ago, Esau's mission to go into the physicality. Now Yaakov's mission is, so Rizemel King, he fought with his inner Malach, his Yetzirah, he fought with the, with the force of Esau, and now he is ready for his next mission, straight one of God. The word Yaakov means straight one of God. But it also means something deeper, perhaps it means to sing to God, and finally Shura means to see. To gaze. Yaakov's mission is to gaze at God. The Malach of Esav, the Satan's job is to blind us from God. Samech Mem, Sumah Yaakov's job is to see God. It's to see through the darkness and to see God. So then, Yaakov says to the Malach, what's your name? And... Very interesting that the Malach says to Yaakov, What do you want to know my name for? And then he blessed him. Why didn't he answer the question? Yaakov answered his question, now why doesn't the Malach answer Yaakov's question? So, says Rav Moshe Wolfson, the Malach did answer the question. He said, What do you want to know my name for? That is the name of the Samoth Mount. His job is to get us to say, What do I need to know? my mission for? What do I need to know my purpose for? What do I need to know my true name for? That is the Tsar, that is the Angel of Aesop. His job is to get us to ignore our purpose, to ignore the fact that that our life has a greater purpose. That is what Western civilization represents, is the message Eat, drink, and make merry, for on the morrow we die. Don't think deep. Enjoy life. Enjoy all the wonderful pleasures and foods of this world. Spend your life working to make money, to enjoy yourself. Don't ever think about long-term goals. Don't ever think about your purpose. That's the message of Asaf to the Jewish people. And we have to overcome that. Every day we have to remind ourselves when we step out of prayer... I'm here for a reason. I'm going out into the world, going to work, going to school, going about my day. I have to remember that I have a greater purpose, that my life is limited. Someday, I will go up and have to give a reckoning of how I live my life. And the first question they're going to ask me is, what was your name? What was your purpose? And did you fulfill that purpose? So... It's very interesting to note that the name of that angel, Samech Mem Aleph Lamid, is very similar to Uncle Sam. Sam, I am. I always thought there's an interesting connotation in the Dr. Seuss, the famous Dr. Seuss, of Green Eggs and Ham, that uh, you see this guy uh, who's who's trying to read a book, and comes this this other guy, Sam. I am Uncle Sam, who tries to get him to eat ham. And it's green, maybe having to do with money. He's trying to seduce this, this guy who's wearing a black hat, by the way. Perhaps a Jewish immigrant. I don't recall if Dr. Seuss was Jewish. I looked it up once, but I can't remember. But I can imagine he might have been. And uh, comes the Psalm, the Uncle Sam trying to seduce us, to throw away our heritage, and finally on the boat on the way in, we know that thousands of Jewish immigrants, when they came to America, threw their tefillin off the boat when they arrived in Ellis Island, because they said, now we're in the land where the streets are paved with gold, we don't need Judaism anymore. The greatest tragedy. But no, in the darkness, in the darkness of our life, we have to seek our purpose, and fight and overcome the forces that seduce us to give up and to blind us from asking what our name is. And ultimately, the greatest challenges in life are the greatest gifts. That is when we grow. That's when we achieve our purpose. It's in the darkness. So, I want to bless us all this Shabbos that we seek to find a deeper understanding of who we are, of what our true name is, and to overcome the forces that try to pull us away from finding our mission. Have a beautiful Shabbos.